right. Well, welcome everyone to Free Market Screen Earth. I am, as always, your host, Nikki P, here with Ben the Liberty Hippie. How are we doing there, Ben? Doing well. Nikki, how are you doing? We are doing fantastic. We have a we have a fun interview today, and it's going to be interesting because we're uh, we're an environmentalism podcast, but we're going to be talking technology today because I think people leave that out of the equation when they think about environmentalism. And unfortunately, whether or not they like it, it's here to stay. So it's not always a, a bad thing. I think technology has done a lot to benefit the environment. You know, give us give us things to make it easier, so you don't have to. I'm sure we'll get there. I'll I'll, I'll let it go. <laughs> So today our guest is Donnie and Donnie's going to talk to us about his idea, the direct Republic. And most of this is probably just going to be him trying to explain to Ben what the hell that means. I've, I've, I've listened to, I probably listened to 20 or 30 hours of Donnie talking at this point. So I've got a, I've got a pretty good handle on it, but you know, it's always, it's always better to get it straight from the source. So Donnie, why don't you tell us a little about, about yourself and what this idea you're shilling is. My name is Donnie Gibbard. I was in the military for 19 years, injured out. I was I did four jobs, three in the Army, one in the Navy, so and I, not in a row. So I was Army, National Guard, Navy, then back into the Army. So professional nomad across the DOD. But that when you do that on purpose, you build an officer. I was just doing it because I was curious. So after I kind of got out and I was a little uh, not, cons- you know, the job takes so much of your life that you don't really have the opportunity do a whole lot else. I basically started looking at politics. It was driving me nuts. I couldn't, you know, the job they tell you is waiting for you when you get out. It's not always there. So in the time that I was doing, I was like, well, I basically figured out how to automate a legislature out of existence. But I had to find all of the reasons. It's not just a how do you do it. It's you got to find all of the reasons that somebody is going to argue with you about politics and how anyone who argues for a centralized legislature is arguing against you and against themselves at the same time. But you have to articulate all those arguments because they don't understand that a centralized legislature was the only real way to do it without you know, electricity. And now it's the worst way to do it. And we're really not going to be able to change anything in politics for any reason. Environmental reasons, fiscal reasons, no, none of the reasons get done until everybody stops, starts to understand that there's only one argument left in politics. And that is, when do we re- decentralize the legislature? Because the current model will not fix any of the problems or all of the problems. All right. Well, real quick. So you, uh, ideally, I want to get Republicans listening to this at some point because, uh, you know, I'll shill to the biggest audience I can. So us, us, us libertarians probably understand what the hell the legislature is. So you may have to explain that word to people <laughs> who have, you know, gone through the American school system. Oh, legislature? Yeah. Oh, well, Congress, a state house, um, a, a county board, or a city council. They're all fundamentally, they act like a legislature. So yeah. different tiers of different systems, but they're all the same. Organizationally, they're part of that same level. I mean, they, they are performing that function at that level. Do you fit uh, everything to that, your definition definition of, of legislature from like the president on down to your county boards or, I mean, is it used to? No, no, no. The, the legislature, like the executive, if you think about it, is one person at the top. Okay. So, you, all right. Yep. I don't know so, if you were including all that whole right. spectrum or where you stopped or how it stopped. So or. a legislature is kind of like a forum. Mm-hmm. So you have to... When you look at a county board or you look at a city council or you look at a state house or you look at Congress, that is a group effort. It's not, it doesn't titrate up to a mayor or a governor or, you know, it's fundamentally different. It's a different organizational structure. And the concept is we take an oligarchy and pure chaos and a monarch and you mix them all together, that'll all work out. And that's really <laughs> what the, you know, the three, four arches of government are. It's a monarch mm-hmm. and pure chaos because that's all the legislature is. And the oligarchy of the judiciary, and if you put all three of them together, we're not ruled by three lunatic systems. We have one good one. And that's the fundamental logic behind it. But it's not like that when you're when you're dealing with not electricity, this might sound like better than anything else. And it probably functions better than anything else. Well, you use the analogy like <laughs> you use the analogy, you know, where we're trying to govern a Jetsons world with Flintstones technology. And I think the way you explain it. And I love that. It, exactly. 
there is no inherent geographical shape to law to any kind of legislative body. You can have Texas look like the, the Verizon subscriber map and people who live in the geography of Pennsylvania could subscribe to Texas law. The problem is Pennsylvania law and Texas law are garbage. So nobody would want to do that. It doesn't fix that problem. It just makes it more difficult. See, we've got to get you on Michael Malice's show because he's the only other person I've I've heard in any realistic way kind of talk about, I guess I would say concentric law in, in in like a very this very specific way that you talk about it whereas he's like why why doesn't your law just follow you where you go like the idea of uh, you're right. subscribed to the system you're subscribed to and you know they can handle out how those things interrelate that's not your business i guess well the way that so if you look at organizational structures and you were to take apart you know when you look at um, what is required functionally for this system to exist the answer is belief. Now, that's not pejorative. That is, there are several tenants in this system that you take on faith that they are going to work properly. And lo and behold, they are the biggest fraud surface to turn everyone into drone slaves. Like, like of all of the things that you can accidentally put into a structure, you have to believe that the state, which functions as a deity, because you can't, you can't kill Jesus and you can't kill the state. You can go and get the servants and you could put them to the sword, but that won't necessarily help because look at it this way. If you have a bunch of parasites in your structure and you have a bunch of dumbasses in your structure, and the only reason that you can't find the parasites is because of the dumbasses, the problem you have to clean up is the dumbass because that's how the parasites are getting in. Sadly, it's hard to run out of dumbasses. There are a <laughs> lot of them. But that's where you create the system where if the person doesn't know how to operate it, they can't. So if I said everybody who can't ride a bicycle and swim can't vote, then what we have is a competency requirement on voting. Now, the competency has nothing to do with voting. It's, an it's just an arbitrary list of things. But, but you, when you make it a physical challenge, instead of just some you know, hypothetical right, you can now test. So when you put someone in charge of their own laws, they subscribe to the laws that they need but then they don't have this over... The state is not ever present over them like Jesus is looking down on you when you're masturbating. It, it's not happening like that. You only have laws that apply to you when they apply. So if you own a house, you are going to have to learn land. But you, you'd be surprised how many concepts just disappear when you don't learn it that way because who's going to sign up for eminent domain? Well, so much of this goes back to the fact that like, and it's one of the things I always come back to is that one of the biggest issues I think our system has is that it's a system created by lawyers for lawyers. There's no reason that our system should be near as complicated as it is. Like going, having a dispute with someone should be as difficult as going in front of a third party and saying, okay, who wins? What, what, what's the deal here? The more layers of law you tack onto, it just makes it costly to deal with. So especially in the environmental field, there's the system is set up like ideally, if, a, if say a company pollutes, you should be able to sue the shit out of the company and just have to show damage. But the way that it's set up now is you have the, the law literally getting in the way. Well, they pay their fines. So, you know, we give, we've got to look out for them. Well, it even creates that buffer between it so that you, you can't sue them, right? Yeah. Because they, well... They have to go through these steps first. Even if you do sue them, they're going to take the class action and they're going to, or they're going to funnel all of the plaintiffs into a class action, at which point you are saving that company the overhead of having to deal with the real world risk. Mm -hmm. If the government wasn't going to allow a class action, a spill of that magnitude could have 5,000 plus plaintiffs. At that point, your company is de facto gone. So you would have to have a serious amount of insurance before any local group of people is going to be part of that. And no, I'm not saying you could stop someone. I'm not saying the evil people come out of the woodwork because I'll be honest, it's really not that. If uh, Shell and BP and all these people could not hide behind class action and the regulations that they're basically putting, having put in place and they had to pay out damages, they would just run a tighter ship. Okay. Well, exactly. And that's always been my big thing. Like the government is what allows them to get away with it. The fact of the matter is, is if they didn't run it and they knew that at any point, 10,000 people in a geographic area could sue the shit out of them. You have to, because you can't, You if that CEO can't run it, you find someone who can run it so that that isn't a problem. The risk is too high. Right. There's no reward when the risk is like that. Right. Well, I honestly, a lot of this stuff, when you're talking about, you have shareholders for a reason. 
everybody's going to lose all of their money if BP screws up, but not with a government in place. And when you see these companies held to account, they're run by competent people who are not trying to do any land. And let's face it, the last river that I know of that got polluted was by the government. It was down in Arizona. And they let that one mining mill that was filled yeah. with uh, poison water, and they just let it out because the, they're the EPA. Something king, something king. Yeah. The U.S. military and the EPA are the biggest polluters in America. Yeah. So when you start looking at who's getting exceptions and who's making the rules, the Sierra Club buying up land and not allowing people on it is going to preserve it in a better manner than Absolutely. EPA so they could turn it into a, a dumping mine so that they could dump the mine in the river whenever they feel like it. What was the thing that we we saw just the other day, Ben? Was I don't even remember if we talked about it in the show, but essentially they there was a deal going on. I think it was, it was in Florida, a deal going on where they just, they were like negotiating how much of the chemical, the um, fracking company could drop in the water. I don't know. I don't remember that one. <laughs> there's, there's, there's so many of them though, that, that that's, you know, it is, it's just how much is okay under these, you know, regulations, how much are, are it's, you know, the idea is that, Hey, we're going to negotiate a, a price for us to not bother you and not let people come after you. So whatever it can, we can, whatever we can charge you, to give a feed into our coffers while we make it look to the public like we're doing something about the issue. This is how it all is how it works. It's easier to hold people personally liable to an insurable event that they would, because at a certain point, a single human being cannot scale an operation up to create an ecological disaster. One human being (laughs) cannot really do that. It requires a lot of people to be involved. There's millions, if not billions of dollars at stake. So when you have this human being living at this address mm-hmm. in charge of this company. And when it dumps a whole bunch of liquid fuck into someone else's life, then they are going to be, they're going to be the first people on the scene. Those families are going to be glad that they got the stuff dumped on them. They're going to be glad because that's how good the cleanup's going to have to be rather than sue these people. It's let the, you know, Honestly, I'd I'd like to kind of sit down with the CEOs and say, do you guys realize that when you screw up someone's life and you sprinkle a million dollars into it, there is no $300 million class action. Maybe you should just pay attention to what you're doing and clean up that Six Sigma level of victims that you're going to make because enterprise environment factors, it's easier to take care of, you know, just do it right the first time. So at a certain point, what do they do? They look at the regulation and say, this is the standard we're held to. We just do a cost-benefit analysis on the cost mm-hmm. of the trial and away we go. Exactly. So honestly, get, stop giving everybody the immunity through the law and make everybody do an insurable standard and it's going to be fine. And one of the things <laughs> you brought up there is something that I always think about because people will say, well, because I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, if, 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 if private citizens want to have nukes, I'm okay with that. Because in my world, the, without like the endless bank account of a government, who the hell is going to have the money to go and, and make nukes? Like you, the amount of money to, to do have that happen is insane. No one would have that money. Like it'd have to be like, what to do a war. Like, so what is What does an yeah. atomic bomb actually cost? No one's going to invest that they want. They need that's, they need something that's going to bring them income for that amount of investment. Only governments right. can throw that money away. <laughs> right. Oh, no, listen, it's not governments. It's governments can print it out of thin air. Yeah. If they can do that, I mean, if you start rewinding the federal governments, you know, what they have printed and you start just saying, okay, let's logically trim off all of these programs that they wouldn't have had had they not printed this money up. Mm-hmm. You know, the federal government wouldn't be any bigger than JP Morgan. I, I'd say that, you know, somebody right now like uh, Bezos or uh, Bill Gates back in the day could, they could do something like that. But at the same time, like, how are those, why are those guys so wealthy? How are they there? Right. And it's, it, again, government it protection. boils back down to the government. Right. <laughs> right. But, but, but I guess, but that's the thing. But why would they? They don't turn into Dr. Evil. They just want to go play in space with rockets. Even <laughs> when we get the evil billionaire, he just wants to shoot himself. Hey, I, I'm just, exactly. I'm just playing devil's advocate for those people out there that are screaming and saying, but what about, what about, you know? So, uh, I am, uh, you know, uh, there's that show, uh, Adam ruins everything. <laughs> Donnie can suck the fun out of the whole universe in four paragraphs or less. Whatever argument you think you have that centralized government works through the sheer accidental lack of budgetary awareness that a printing press provides, everyone dies. Okay. Yeah. Let, let me tell you my, my latest crazy discovery. 
Uh -oh. You guys have heard uh, uh, Operation Mockingbird, right? The CIA did. That was with the, the news and stuff? Right. Okay. okay. What if I told you it was still going right now? Obviously, because, it's still going. Okay. So it's <laughs> you'd have, like you'd a, have to make me believe that it's not, not still surprised. going. <laughs> but, but think about it like this. When the, the scientists at Los Alamos were told, hey, there's a small percentage that we're going to light the atmosphere on fire and we're all going to die when we light off this nuclear weapon. What did they do? They lit it off like a bunch of champions. That's what they did. <laughs> because if we're all going to go, you might as well go first. Well, guess what? When you start Operation Mockingbird on the face of this planet, mass media carries it like waves on the ocean. So now there's this bullshit, misuse of language, intentional lies, and then there's a bunch of people walking around giving people the tone like they know what the hell they're talking about, but they really fucking don't. So, and that will just keep sloshing around like an ocean of bullshit in everyone's ears until everybody figures out the game that you are all be having your minds messed with by the nonsense and the FUD. And we were all born at this point, we were all born into mass media. We don't even notice it as the background nonsense of our lives. Well, that's, that's not entirely now true. How we're all dumb. We're all getting dumb because we listen to more bullshit than we can possibly try to glean out, you know? So well, uh, just, just as, a, uh, as a point of note, so my background is uh semiotics and linguistics is the stuff that i that's my first adult hobby we'll just say okay. and that's what and that's what led me to noam chomsky and steven pinker and those guys that kind of really catapulted me down my rabbit hole and it's all language it's so much of everything boils down to language and and like i remember i did a senior project in uh college on the semiotics of global warming in particular mm -hmm. and and it and it was literally just going through I, I, all it was was looking at the language used to talk about uh global warming is what it was called back in 2006 mm -hmm. and there's a very specific way that it's always talked about and what's funny is like the way that they talk about it has in fact changed um but it's uh, the narrative they're using at that time is the tried and true everything's a battle narrative it, it, every time you'd hear about it in a newspaper or magazine it was always talked about like a war between mm -hmm. the believers and the non-believers and, and to a degree they still use that today but they're they're having a harder time holding on to that narrative than that respect uh, listen it's the last gambit when you uh when you have the law when you don't have the law you go to facts when you have the facts you, when you don't have the facts you go to law when you have neither you pound the table we're <laughs> at the point where nobody cares yeah because the nonsense doesn't doesn't make a budget anymore and they have gleaned all that they really can. Hey, listen, a dictionary is a choose your own adventure novel for a lawyer. Oh, yeah. There, there is more than one definition for every word. Why? Mm -hmm. There's no reason for it. They're either accurate or they're not accurate. Some of those definitions have changed, man. Like just the verbiage that they use, it changes. Uh, well, uh, yeah, but it doesn't change. That's the thing. If you look at it, if you look, listen, you can say there's no objective words, but that's not correct. The whole purpose of a definition is you hold up an object and you describe it. So if that is either correct or incorrect, and based I will I will push back on that, and this and, and this is because from a purely linguistic standpoint. So when I say the word dog, Donnie, and that's a very simple conceptual word, dog, we both get an image in our head of what a dog looks like. But I can guarantee that what we see in our heads is not the same thing. And that's for a simple three-lettered, easy concept. Now, when you start extrapolating that to, <laughs> to larger things that have abstract design behind them, the language is what the people, like everyone agrees it is, and it changes because people change definitions. Now, it happens in insidious ways, which is what you're getting at. I, but not just insidious ways. Here, here's something where I'm almost certain that we don't get a good education because I heard a lot of stuff in the military and then I heard a lot of stuff at home, at, you know, in school. If you are intentionally mm -hmm. fed two different languages to talk about everything and then the book that's supposed to define what thing is what is intentionally used as a weapon, you are now, uh, again, you're in Mockingbird. I give you the bullshit and then we argue over definition when this item... Um, dog is an overgeneralized word. It refers to everything in canis. So it's... Yeah. But, but you can't say, I've used a general word, but because it wasn't a specific word, it's incorrect. No, it's de facto correct because it was canis. It covered all the dogs. So uh, that's where it gets pedantic. And that's where a lawyer can trick somebody by slipping in some bullshit logic like, you weren't specific enough, therefore you're incorrect. That's not how that works. <laughs>
So that's where I'm finding that I am fundamentally certain that, that the English language has neuro-linguistic hieroglyphs in it. There are, like I said before, you, you mm-hmm. have to say certain things in a certain tone. It comes out that way because we have a primate voice box. Well, have you studied any of the, chi- like the Chinese languages where they're all literally structured and designed that way? They all speak with like inflection as part of the language. It's the same word, depending on how you inflect it, means seven or eight different things. So that's where it gets crazy. And I tell you that the Tower of Babel was a neuro-linguistic attack. I mean, I, yeah, I get you. Let's not get into all of that, but you're absolutely correct. The Chinese, they determine what's being said by tone, not necessarily by our, our tongue. Over here, we articulate with the tongue and the tone is free to start giving somebody the business. We do it. We, I mean, it's, it's, we can't even say that we don't do it exactly. We don't do it exactly the same, but we do the same shit because I can go, fuck 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 and it, and it means different things no matter how i say it oh i, I agree structured in a they have it structured in a pre predetermined way to work like that we kind of have more of a consensus based thing well yeah but here's the thing about the consensus i, I think about this if you have to per per um if you have to say certain things in a certain way because of the mouth structure of mm-hmm. a primate Certain tones are going to come out a certain way, and we could label them ergonomically. So I, it's really hard to do without machine learning. So I can only really get to that part where I'm pretty sure our language is constructed of primate tones that are normally around that letter. But you, and then the letter has a definition, a neurolinguistic hieroglyph. And you would be able to check the definition of something by what hieroglyphs put it together. But I'm not. Have you done any? Read any Pinker? No, I'm good with I'm good with puzzles, and I had to figure out what Project Mockingbird was by reading myself onto a secret classified program without any of the documents, so I could read myself off because I was going crazy. Well, hey, I just what I want to say is go read some Pinker and read some Chomsky because you're just you're treading paths that have already been treaded. You might get to your end quicker. See, for a minute there, it sounds almost like you're trying to tell me that like there's lizard people out there, and that that's what we're we're moving to next is that our language is designed for us and not the lizard people and they speak a different one (laughs) and i would say no i would say that we are speaking correctly but we are not interpreting our definitions correctly because there is no standard Mm -hmm. it's not i'm not saying we need objective definitions i'm saying by what standard constitutes a definition because as soon as that gets nailed down then we can actually have a singular definition for each word and even i here let me just feel this a dictionary where every word has a single definition is better than any other kind. I will go there because it will not be as goofy of a language to try and talk to each other in, especially when the tonality is how we put a lot of the tone in there or a lot of the information comes in the tone. So we should be really specific with the words that way. I mean, you do that. You're putting different definitions on the word. Fuck. Okay, you're doing that, but that's only with the tone. So all I'm saying is when we have a dictionary that has two definitions for each word, we're asking, we're asking for Project Mockingbird to happen accidentally. So now it's not, now it's not lizard people. Now it's now the lizard people are Miriam Webster. So what's going to happen here is I'm going to have you on Sounds Like Liberty because we're going to have a fun conversation with me about language and linguistics because I've done a lot of reading on that. <laughs> and, and, and it sounds like we'd have a fun conversation. Nikki meant peace freaks. He doesn't even know the name of his own damn show. Sorry, yeah, I forgot. I, I changed the name. Sorry. Uh, peace I am coming at this from a puzzle side where I yeah. noticed certain certain tones have to be pronounced a certain way. And then certain words seem to be constructed in a certain way to have those tones ergonomically put in them. Yeah, it's called the, the there's a whole book on it. Stephen Pinker wrote called The Language Instinct. And it's about the hardwiring inside of us that language develops from, which gets into what you're saying. The very specifically the things basically it's the the hardware that we're all gifted with and then how the programming utilizes that hardware. It's a, it's a good book. It's very fucking big. <laughs> like <laughs> To like two and a half inches of very dense uh, neuropsychology and stuff like that. So, well, and, and that's the thing. If 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 it re- requires psychology, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of out. It's not that I hate the idea. It's that it's not something in three dimensional space. When you and I are conveying language to each other, it's not an opinion. It's how we are doing it. So there's going to be words, mm-hmm. and there's going to be sounds, and then we're going to correlate the word to the sound. 
And mm-hmm. if we're going to play games with what the word means and what the sounds do, we can already do the thing with the sounds by accident and not accidentally do it on purpose. Well, because you can take this, you're kind of predisposed to be fucked in this scenario because uh, have you ever heard of code switching? Code switching is the term that they use for people that can like speak in multiple languages or dialects. Like someone, so say people that know like Spanish and English, like the way that their brain yeah. can work between the two. Or if you've ever heard someone who like talks really good hood or uh, right. Or so is it moder- standard English vernacular, whatever it's called now. Mm. Um, it's basically like your brain is predisposed to learn how to interpret what language and what you're, all that shit you're talking about. Your brain is actually right. designed to do a whole bunch of shit that you didn't even think about it. And so all the things you're talking about are things your brain is designed to absorb and kind of naturally, you don't even have a chance to, like without stepping outside of it and like looking at everything you do from a third person perspective, it's very difficult to notice what's going on. Ben, why don't you pull us back into some, some of our, our normal territory? Cause man, I could go too long on this particular conversation. Like this is, this is right up my alley. I knew, I knew I was going to get into call with Donnie and it was going to get ridiculous real fast. The only reason we're doing this is because it's confusing to other people. And that's literally how this is happening. Like it, it, it's relevant to the certain extent that Bernie Sanders, first he's going to bring you down the path of everybody's going to come with grandpa and it's going to be like the land of make-believe. But then when he wants you to go do the vote thing, he's going to bring his voice up and he's going to do the thing. That's what he does. It's a bullshit trick. Is it on purpose or does he just normally shit? Oh, no, it's very on purpose. Maybe in his case, maybe in his case, it's an accident and he just stumbled yeah. on it. But <laughs> I know that whatever he does, they use it. A lot. I want to know what definition of socialist says man with three houses. Cause that's not how, so, that's not socialist ethics. You need to have one. No. Every, that's every definition of socialism. The man on top has like five houses and you know, everybody else gets nothing. But well, why do the rank and file socialists not know that? Why do they not call him out on it? It's almost like they don't know what socialism is. No, they is do. Well, they just think they... they're going to be the ones at top. It's human hubris. Everyone thinks that they're the ones that's going to be leading the charge. They're the ones going to be sitting in the offices telling the soldiers to go kill. They, they don't think they're the ones in the gulags. Coincidentally, yeah. they all end up in the gulags. Right. The, the, the treadmill of the dollar is their gulag and they don't know. Yeah. So, um, I'm not sure. So I, I've looked at your website. I'm trying to figure it out. And I, I don't know. Are you, are you a big crypto guy, like blockchain type stuff or am I totally off base on there? No. Yeah. Blockchain is basically how you take all the public ledgers from the public systems and you don't allow monopoly control of the information anymore. And the public ledger system, you know, just makes that even more, you know, there's, there are privacy coins and stuff like that. And I have mm-hmm. no issue with privacy coins, but specifically, the open public ledger is how open public business should be done anyway. So we don't have to worry about privacy on layers for a whole bunch of stuff that isn't inherently private anyway. I was trying to trying to get an idea. So you're you're like your big th- it's like transparency, I guess, right? Like that that's what you're going for here is transparency right. of things so that it's uh, you know not a, a a law book that's thousand plus pages it's broken down easy enough for you know the layman to understand or what's what's going that's, on here? That's, that's one part of it the, i think the big thing that okay and maybe and maybe donnie can tell me if i'm i have this off so basically is when you like when you throw a token into like a specific system like say you don't have to know jack shit about property law if you don't own property doesn't have to matter to you until right. you're in that system and so essentially you only have to be subject to the systems that that you buy into essentially is how it works at least that's the idea i get 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 from it like if you if you are a part of this town and you have property in that town then you have cast your tokens i guess into that system and now as part of that system you have certain functions and expectations of you because being you're being there that's at least the way i get i get it what the what the courthouse does is they have an open ledger for the deeds they, they hold that function, but they also hold the right to redeed those deeds. Well, when you do an open public ledger with a crypto, cryptographic layer on it, mm-hmm. no one can redeed your house anymore. So each man becomes his own little island. Women, you know, the whole deal. But <laughs> Careful. Hey, everybody's included. You get your own private key. And then, the, then there, see, one of the things, one of the ways that your county runs is they reserve the right to take your house. Eminent domain is not something any one of us signs up for. It is a law that is passed upon Mm -hmm. everyone in a legal system that requires a lawyer, which is an economic problem. 
which is also an intellectual problem because if the law of the land is so complex that it requires a man that's several hundred dollars an hour to do it, then the law of the land is garbage and needs to be abolished. Exactly. So you take this deed system away from the county, the whole county falls apart. They no longer have the required leverage to do anything. Well, that's not how it's supposed to work. The county infrastructure has to be dealt with by the people in the county. They have to know what they're doing. They can't just leave it to the government and pretend it'll get done because it doesn't end up getting done because nobody's aware of who's doing what. All you end up is a sheriff's department that can then prey upon property. That's all you fundamentally get there. And then maybe you get some security in your 911 service. But really, a lot of this... Maybe. Yeah, maybe. A lot of this stuff doesn't come without a printing press. And, and I know Texas is a... Uh, they, they, they kick in more to the federal government than they receive. So Texas is one of the places that will have cops when the system comes crashing. When, whenever the dollar can't be printed anymore, Texas will stay afloat. Other places will not. But there, the, the model varies and you have, you know, some places are bankrupt like uh, Detroit and some places are not. And you have to figure out how to, you know, it's applying a new methodology to your county commissioner's office and they don't hold the deeds anymore. And then how do you pay for the stuff? So the tokenization is really just making it. Everybody said, you know, you can put land on a token because you can't steal the land unless you steal the token. You can't really put too many property things on a blockchain because those things could just get stolen and maybe you have a private key, but that doesn't matter. So the one, the one real property exception you definitely have is land for property. And then because you can't take the land, you have to work on an open ledger for your, um, you know, your Better Business Bureau. They have, to, they have to collect utility fees for the shared infrastructure. And it gets... It's easier to redeed it out, micro deed it, and stuff like that. So it, it's technical, but it works. But I'll, I'll prepare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, I guess the, the question, like I've heard you talk about this a lot. The question, I guess, I always come back to is that, um, from my perspective, I look at government as being a a market technology, and the reason the government exists is because people are fucking lazy and they don't want to have to think about shit. Now, it just seems like it's way easier to show up at a voting booth and vote in somebody shitty that you can blame for all your problems, you know, once every year, two years, four years, than to actually have any understanding of your own government to do the voting. And and I see that I see that as being like the critical flaw that so many people have. Like I, we had uh, on my other podcast, we had um, the what the hell is his name? Uh, crowdfunded government on mm-hmm. and it was one of the things he talked about but the fact of the matter is is it all boils down to people don't want to know how the government works they just want it to work and when it doesn't work well they can just complain about it yeah i've actually never heard this argument that it's a it's a market technology but okay and it's being supported by fiat money so people are getting a government that is fundamentally coming out of a printing press and they don't the, the printing press isolates you from your own second and third order effects. We would have been Russia, but Russia couldn't, they couldn't put any more people in a gulag. They couldn't put any more people in a hole and they couldn't pick out yeah. all of the second and third order effects of their money printing and their property theft outside of their borders. And then it all came mm-hmm. crashing down. Well, the federal government is running out of places to do that because the dollar is global now. So they are suffering from the same ignorance of we have filled in our budgetary ignorance with fake dollars. And all it did was debase the currency and convince everybody that government works with your head up your ass. And the answer is, if it's going to function at all, it's only if your head is out. But we we have 85 issues rolled into government. And when you tell those people, you're only going to have three of those issues from now on, they don't fucking care anymore because those are the only three they ever cared about to begin with. Okay. So they don't get their taxes put in a centralized bucket. They just put a little bit into the three buckets that they pay attention to. And the rest of it is somebody else's fucking problem. And it's all done by property rights anyway. So if there's a property dispute, it's either civil or not civil, Hatfields and McCoys. And the only thing you do when you take away the third party from the adjudication is instead of having a, you know, the state of Texas is where the court will be at, it'll be predetermined by the two parties involved in the deal or, there, you know, lottery systems. There's ways to get a random uh, adjudicator and the not dumb one at the same time. So it, it sounds like your plan, like the idea that you have is that you want to have this concept ready and waiting for when that, that collapse comes at the... It, 
So you can explain, hey, there's something better, this fail, and these are the reasons why. Because unless that happens, no one is going to listen to the concept because, well, shit seems to be working pretty good as far as they're concerned. Looking at anyone who votes for her is in Trump's cap and the economy's working great. It keeps climbing, that, that, that keeps going up. You and I know that's bullshit. So the but- real economy, the real economy where things are being produced is being spun up. Yeah, we, you and I know that. That. That might, that's the question. So that's not the real problem. The financial economy is in shambles because they don't have ledgers that function and the government can pilfer from them. And the mm. ultimate ledger that needs to be accounted for is the United States. Well, it's the Federal Reserve note. And that ledger is yeah. wonky as hell. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, it's... Uh... I, I like what you say. And the idea conceptually makes sense to me. Getting the buy-in that it would require, I guess, is my is my concern. How how is this something you plan on like rolling out like not at a national level? You, you'd have to start with smaller sections. No, listen, of- the, the whole the point is to make this listen. This is a methodology. Mm-hmm. So it, my all I'm trying to get money together to do is make a software package that you can hand out. When I came up, I was an intelligence analyst, so I wanted to attack a country to to do regime change but I wanted to use the First Amendment as a weapon instead of second. So instead of sending special forces in to train infantry, I sent special forces in to hand out software. But I had to solve the problem that I was going to attack with the Second Amendment. I had to solve it with the first. So I had mm-hmm. to do Walter Block plus David Friedman and figure out a city, uh, a civil governance structure. And then all the special forces guys did was pass, pass out software and leave. Okay, so bringing this into the real world, what do you tell all those people that just watched uh, Pete Buttigieg edge out Bernie Sanders at the Iowa caucus because of a fucking ass? I would say anybody who believed that is an ignorant child who needs to grow up desperately. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that ignorant child is most of the American people, sadly. <laughs> the enemy is in the mirror. But- the enemy is in yeah. the mirror and you need to dispatch with that thing because it's clearly insane if anybody thinks that the company called Shadow, for God's sake, it should be called Dr. Eagle's Secret Lair at this point. There's no reason. I've got to ask the question since you're the only person that might might think of this the way I do. I've had people on that have taken very little interest in the fact that the company that owns Google is called <laughs> Alphabet. Okay. And it always strikes me as odd that there's always the joke of the best way to hide is in plain sight. And what do we call all of the government agencies? The alphabet soup agencies. It just seems odd that this giant corporation that has enough money to outright buy Google. So, you know, just happens to be involved in all the shit it's involved in. If I had to like, it's, it's well known that Amazon took a lot of money from the CIA for cloud services. They all did, like all those big companies. You don't get that big unless you play ball. Right. Well, that well, and there you go. So everybody who thinks that Donnie Donnie's decentralized legislature is crazy, you already have the Orwellian nightmare who will only allow Jeff Bezos to get that big if he plays ball. That is the Orwellian yeah. nightmare that nobody wanted to begin with, and is the thing that we were all dreading. So maybe, maybe it's time to dispatch that thing because. If you don't know how, it doesn't matter. You end up with the Orwellian nightmare. And you could say it's sinister, but I could find how just dumb government servants did all of this. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, you're not going to get any argument from any of this on me. Like, no, we're we're, no. we're playing for the same ball game. <laughs> listen, I'll be honest. I was furious about the whole concept of politics right down to the point of I realized if you blame someone else, you don't understand how dumb it is to begin with. And... If you spend all your time looking for the, for the sinister guy, you never find what the dumb guy is doing to begin with. I didn't realize yeah. in the army, uh, my officers, I always knew where they were. They were on a tight schedule. They told me they were going to a place, they would be back. The privates, holy shit, watching them, it's worse than kids. So I had the really hard job of I always knew what the officers were doing. I had to keep the eye on the other end, which was really the stressful part. And you get paid less to do it, but it is only babysitting. So, yeah. All right. Well, I guess the, the big question I, I would kind of be interested in hearing from you is that so with our audience, they're primarily interested in, like I said, the environment and what we can do to kind of save planet Earth. Now, obviously, we're we're tree huggers of a different variety in that we we don't feel like centralized government authority offers us anything in the ways of doing that. I'm more along your lines of let the Sierra Club buy all the goddamn land they can and keep uh-huh. it from being touched. Like that's your best solution to all of this. Right. What what other kind of idea or kind of 
things does your uh, your project offer people, you know, in our kind of perspective that want to see? I mean, obviously, with it being centered around property rights, it already has a leg up on the system that we currently work in. Um, honestly, the the entire if you think about the way a government is put together, it's all of the vital things in society being choked up through a, a choke point and then strings are attached and the government pulls the strings. And what you really want to have in all of your systems, road systems, waterway systems, are people who know how. They're industry professionals. They're not politicians ever. And, and I say this right from the defense guy who's going to tell you, we were all told as kids, we have to have politicians in charge of the warriors because the warriors will get out of hand. No, they won't. They don't get out of hand until a politician points them in the right direction and doesn't tell them why. Then they get out of hand. Yeah. And that's because the politician didn't know why we were leaving the house and how we were getting back before we left. So that is how everything works. It's how environment works. It's how nuclear power works. A, a lot of the stuff around nuclear power is bullshit and FUD and nonsense. Nuclear power mm -hmm. is a clean, safe way to go. It's not clean in the strictest sense. It is clean in that we only need two or three holes that are really deep on Earth. And we don't ever have a nuclear waste problem because we put it in a really deep hole when we're done. Now, people don't like that, but you know, six miles down and you know, below the water table, there is this safe disposal sites for that kind of stuff on Earth. Oh, come on, you need to get with the technology. That's old tech. We're way past that. <laughs> I, there's tech there, there's ways to second order uses for that that all that waste now. And man. I'm also hearing that thorium is on the way. <laughs> Yeah, like reactors. So I, I'm just saying for every option where you have a nice uh, energy rich, energy dense source, you have had the biggest FUD campaigns ever. And even the Sierra mm -hmm. Club would get in on that shit because they had to fight in Congress for the money that was going to get. And if they weren't going to get the environmental money, then it goes to the nuclear. So instead of being able to synergize with other useful industries, you, you're not allowed. You're incentivized to argue with them in Congress and see who can steal the huge cash reward. Yeah. Well, it's because, I mean, the, the government itself is just going to soak up all that money. Like, <clears throat> anything that it requires fines to operate is just a bribe because that money doesn't come back to the people. It goes straight to the fucking government and they do what they're going to do with it. Like, it's, it's just... It's just extortion, no one, straight extortion. Nothing no else. one gives permission for another human being to do anything. The only reason we have government restrictions in the Constitution is to restrict government and somehow it is being mm -hmm. educated in the language to everyone that the government is in charge and not you. And every time you try thinking mm -hmm. about the concept, you end up folding back into, isn't that the government's job? Circular yeah. logic is the one ring to rule them all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, my wife would be happy Damn. there. She loves that, loves that Frodo shit. Just Oof. go round and round in circles unless you nail I'm sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, what are you thinking, Ben? I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I mean, it, a lot of it seems to break down to when you look at it from the environmental end is, is property rights, which is I think something we all kind of get on board with, right? Um, kind of where we where we come from there. The um, basic idea is that this is a, it's a technical way to get around elected officials. Like you're not sending fucking yeah. people to Congress. Your vote is cast in the system itself. Yeah. And, and I guess, and, and even, even when we get to, you know, the, the bigger issues, like somebody dumping crap in the river or something like that, it's, you know, it is, it's still kind of contained within that, that blockchain, right? Like that, that private property aspect part of it. Um, you have know. to have damages. There are people who throw lawn clippings yeah. in the river and then there are people who set up a factory. Well, there's lawn clippings guy, which irritates the HOA guy, but it's really not a problem. <laughs> Is a yeah. surprise factory show up overnight? Like that's that's a bigger mm -hmm. thing. And it again, industry professionals are going to try to not get sued. And the beautiful thing about this is, so let's call it the Andrew Napolitano Legal Network. Your land deed, you got to go get land. There are certain actions in a legal system where Andrew Napolitano is going to say, if you are going to engage in this activity, you will offer your land deed as surety as uh, for your behavior. Now, that might be a little... I don't want to speak for Andrew Napolitano in that way. I am saying <laughs> that at a certain point, even Andrew Napolitano is going to say, the, this legal network can only insure you up to a certain level unless you are going to start right. staking things. So 
It doesn't even come back to where you can't lose your house if you're a dumbass and you blow a bunch of stuff in the river. Yeah, you might still lose your house, but it's not done. (laughs) And let's just say you know the terms and conditions before you are involved. And then no one can change the terms and conditions after because it's done in code. It's not done in a courthouse that has the power to read the land. Well, I got into an interesting conversation with somebody a couple couple of weeks ago specifically about because we were talking about you know hoppy and um hoppy and covenant communities was where we ended up with it and his he was like well you know you can be kicked out of your your homeowners association or whatever your your community is because you know they decided to change a law and you don't jive with that law and i'm like yeah but that sounds like one hell of a breach of contract on the side of the people that you like <laughs> that you're in your association with like that's not your problem they changed the rules on you they breached contract so then they have to buy you out for your property no listen the contract is put together so that you would not be allowed to move in that community unless you agree to the base rule set plus the rule set that can oscillate and when it oscillates you lose and that's the way it is it is the smallest form of tyranny but but uh, you don't have to do it but getting into places is difficult without it because a lot of the way the county tries to do this because they want to tax every square inch of land. Well, they're not yeah. going to get that from the property owners. So they have the, they have the, they incentivize the guy who buys the land, the developer, he has to set up an HOA. Now they're going to get every square inch. They're going to get the road. They're going to get all of the places that aren't homes that are deeded out to the owners. And then they're going to put in a pool and they're going to call it a couple hundred dollars a year. And everybody's going to kick into that. And it's, it's just bullshit. Well, see, well, well, no, but while you say that, um, like the way I'm thinking of this, you're the people are thinking of this where the, the like the, that association controls has all the power, but that's not how it works in reality. Like say, here in the U.S., because of our legal system, it definitely works that way. Let's say you've got a place overseas where they love to set those rules up to attract people of value. Like we have a system that's not set up where the people, where you are attracting people to your area. We're set up where your people are fighting over area. And what happens if you have, you want the best people in your place, and you want to attract those people? Well, then maybe that oscillating thing that you have there is not how you and get that. that. They're not, they're no smart enough going to sign that fucking contract where they can be pushed out when you change the rules and on that, them. They, why would you sign that? where I sing to the, to the VC money and say a direct republic is an economic freedom zone. So when you have yeah. a jurisdiction that's already collapsed for monetary... Um, right now, Bermuda has issues and so does Costa Rica or uh, Puerto Rico. So I'm, I'm trying to talk to Barack Pierce and I don't know anybody in Bermuda, but Bermuda has an issue right now where they are cut off from U.S. Uh, banking issues banking institution so they are ripe to set up around a cryptocurrency on that island and spin them themselves up as an economic freedom zone they can attract some decent business there and as long as those business owners know that there's no there's no government that can take their land at that point you only have to worry about a military kind of problem you're not worried about it you know it's called political risk you can minimize yeah. your political risk by knowing that the politics up front are only um, utilitarian. There's no, there's no people involved. It's deeds and money exchange on a public ledger, and you pay your dues because the dues are there. You know, you need a road, and you're one of the guys who runs the businesses, so you pay to do the roads because you're one of the merchants, and merchants pay for the roads throughout all of history. I'd, I'd tell you to go talk to Peter Schiff, but you know, he's afraid of crypto. So hey, listen, <laughs> I don't know if Peter Schiff is afraid of crypto or he just spends more time trying to sell gold, but, but, but listen, <laughs> you, you know that people donated Bitcoin to him, right? And then he lost Bitcoin. Okay. Does anybody <laughs> believe that Peter Schiff lost his fucking Bitcoin? Is, is this not media grandstanding of the bullshit? I, what are the odds that Peter Schiff lost his coin? Like, what are the odds? I'm going to be honest. I think they're pretty good because he's he's got a bit of an ego on him. He's the kind of guy that... He's got a guy who will be yeah, not going to pay him, attention. And then he'll take the media storm of everybody thinks I lost my crypto, but I was out of the news for three weeks, so now I'm back in. Yeah. Those would be bad press, I guess. 
How how big is uh, is Bermuda and what what kind of issues are they facing right now? Do you, all do you I know? heard was that they were cut off from U.S. banking stuff, and I'll be honest, okay, that's all I need because that, really that's your yeah. lifeblood. You want you want new investment there, you have to know how to structure it, and all of these places are structured like a goddamn mafia, all of them. Being being cut out of Swift is the fucking no, biggest thing that starts I'm sorry, a lot of I shit. I want to mobile. apologize to all the mafia people. At least they have their shit together and they know how to run a budget. <laughs> I want to apologize to the mafia. They will get some shit done. They were actually protecting their neighborhoods before the, the fucker gets out of hand. <sighs> the politicians, they don't even know how. And then they're going to throw money at the problem and it's not theirs. So who cares? Right on. Right on. I'm digging it. It's, it's very interesting. Um, do you see more of why I wanted to have him on now? No, no, I, I, I get it. I, 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 you know, I, I, it might have been you. I don't know. Once upon a time, I heard somebody talking about um, using the, the blockchain to write deeds, private um, so contracts, like you make that. Um, yeah, uh, what are they called? Uh, beyond, beyond private. Yeah, yeah, but it, it was it was specifically towards land um, and deeds and stuff. And uh, I mean, it, it definitely makes sense, and it uh, it fits in. In my view, I guess you know how how it could think work. about it structurally. Um, if there is a centralized yeah. government and they do not have the ability to redeem property, then really, mm-hmm. what the hell are they doing there? They're, what do they have yeah, left? Yeah. Because if they can't take your house because of the taxes, they can't necessarily guarantee they can even pay for the stuff. So they're they're yeah. basically leveraging civil service, or you know the. It's unnecessary. I'll be honest. Like I look at government like the way the war on drugs went. They were never doing the job. They were just doing the propaganda campaign, making some people miserable, and then the drugs were flowing anyway. So this is well, I thought the it. drugs were flowing as part of it. Mm-hmm. I thought the drugs were flowing as part of it, personally. But uh, oh, listen. The, <laughs> all of the adults mm-hmm. know that the government can't help them in certain parts of the world. So they either made inroads to do to do business there, um, oil companies will hire ex-military to clear out an area way out in the middle of nowhere that has a bunch of rebels on it. You know, this is where the rebels. There's always rebels somewhere, and they're training somewhere. So the oil people will pay the military to clear it off, and then there's cartel people who some of them are ex-military, some of them were born there, but they are they provide their own security. And they have ramped up just like a government where if you're going to attack the business, you know, the cartels have, have attack helicopters. Why? Because America made drugs illegal. Therefore, they're expensive. It only takes about as much to grow cannabis as it does to mm-hmm. grow tomatoes. Why are we fighting over it? Because it's illegal, controlled by a group of people who don't know what they're doing. Or they do, and they are the Orwellian nightmare yes. we are all warned about. So... They do. They do. They use that that black black money for their black ops. That's all. I'm starting to look at cannabis as um, it, it big like all the pharmaceutical agencies will not be really needed for a lot of things with a lot of herbal medicines. Because uh, now I understand there's, there's a, a place of, for yeah. pharma, but just cannabis since I got out of the military, CBD is like a, a vitamin of some kind that we are not getting. THC is probably just recreational, but what's wrong with that? But this, I think. Well, it's, like no, five. THC isn't just recreational because it, it's it's part of the process of getting the CBD in your system. And you okay. Know, like, yeah, look at anyone the, who knows the, the science the behind levels. it. They work better but together. Even if it is, I want to know what miserable senator thinks it's okay for his opinion to be anywhere near me because I have a, I have a choke for him that he could just show up and get it. But that's no, but that's none of anybody's business anyway. Every prohibition has blown up in everybody's face. There is no one supporting it except the guy on television who's fake. Well, I had that conversation to the other day. It's like, well, even if, even if this did make sense, it's still not in the fucking constitution. So I, I track every, <laughs> no, no, it's there. I track this all the way. Every issue, all the way, you end up back in Congress. It doesn't matter what what conversation we're having. It doesn't matter if it's environmental or drug policy or war policy or economic policy. It all goes back to the legislature, and it's 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 a big funnel. It's called a fatal funnel in the military. Everybody's going there, and five hundred and thirty five people kill three hundred million. It's like the hot gates. 
And that's how it happens. Well, I'd, I'd argue with only one point there, and that's that you said you, you acted as if economic policy wasn't the policy of everything else because economics does control everything. War, that policy changes drastically if the money ends, goes away, which is the whole well, Fed, well, the printing of money. Let's that's call what it the is printing that. press. They, they are in sole control yeah. of that thing. And it really, it's, you know, they're adding gas and brakes to an economy that will flow much smoother all on its own. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've just been going faster and faster and faster. And now the engine's going to blow up. That's, that's how that, that's gonna, I, the printing right is coming. I mean, it's already here, but it, they already promised we will aggressively inflate. Oh, well, they they've already like reneged on the fact that they're saying they were gonna we're gonna back up again. What just a month ago, and now they're already pushing again to put print more. Yeah, it's it's they're not stopping anything. I'm not so. the guy who will tell you they cannot stop printing. One of the metrics that they rely on is money velocity, and because the way this works, they're just taking that new money and they're pushing it in the stock market. That, that, mm-hmm. Housing uh, it, expensive houses are going getting more and more expensive because the excess capital that they're printing has go somewhere into the finite stuff on this earth, and that's it. There's there's only so much land, there's only so many houses, only so many bars of gold, and you will see the inflation go up into those things. Uh, gold will be soon. J.P. Morgan is in trouble for their silver desk. They have a RICO going on the silver desk where they were suppressing prices because dollar uh, inflation has been hidden from people. It's Trump has got a plan, but I can't. I, it's it's one of three or four ways, and I can't figure out which one it is. But it, it the, I, I'm not a Trump guy. I'm saying there's clearly an economic plan yeah. in place because the real economy is being spun up while a bunch of propaganda is covering up the economic problem until mm-hmm. the economic problem comes shakes loose and that looks like this week or or this week or soon because they're talking about finally making arrests of peter strock and all those people who came up with all the nonsense now they're starting to do indictments and stuff like that and when they pull that it's going to pull a lot of people with them that's when the rats are coming off the sinking ship it is it is always (laughs) fascinating listening to tommy talk about this shit (laughs) you never quite know where it's going to end up all right, boss. Well, I'm sure Ben has to get some sleep. He's going to be at um, three in the morning for the goats. No, I fed him before Ben. I have to get up till like six to feed him again. It sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like a certain type of hell that I'm glad I don't have to live in. <laughs> oh, all good. All good. I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be hitting bed sometime around five o'clock in the morning. So, Donnie, thank you, man. I, I appreciate you. Uh, no coming on i'm glad you reached out you uh you you, so i know know you have your your website you have an ebook out there um he has a podcast started listening anything else out Um, there everything is on the website the null hypothesis of politics.com i i just a couple of episodes like i'm not doing you guys what you're like i'm not cultivating an audience i'm just blowing out some information as i have something worth talking about but it's oh we're going, to keep, we're going to keep going in circles. Like I know this is a choose your own adventure novel. And I promise the next step, everything that we're going to do between now and the decentralized legislature thing, <laughs> it's, it's not going to go anywhere. That's just the way it is. There's no way off of this battlefield that all of the mechanics revolve around Congress. So it's free book. Um, I, I, I finally got it edited. So the edited version is up everywhere now and when's the audio book coming out um so i the audio is just johnny five reading it right now but there's an audio book up now and then there's um what's johnny five uh, i i had the pdf read aloud function just blown into an mp3 so johnny five can read it to you but um there's a guy <laughs> doing it his name is dave darby he was the editor he's he's going through it and now that the editing is done he's going to be able to continue and make the, the sound files so i don't know when that'll be done because okay because yeah i don't i don't have time to sit and actually read anything yeah no i used to I'll read listen the shit out of stuff and <clears throat> a lot of stuff sad sad times i i agree with you all but that is sad sad business i, I learn a lot faster from the audio but that's because i had to all the words I know because I didn't know what they mean, and people kept using them, you know. 
industry language is different than the language you learn in school. And then there's three different, you know, three or four different industry specific levels of terminology. And honestly, I, I swear to God, this is just a wizard messing around with everybody's mind by screwing with the words. But it's it's neurolinguist it's neurolinguistic attack. Now that sounds a little hyperbolic. Yeah, there it's was an a, attack on your language, and it works. There was there was a, a conspiracy or not a conspiracy? I, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, I'm not sure who it was. I believe the uh, I want to say the guy that wrote Dilbert. So hey, oh, Trump yeah. Trump is a wizard. Somebody called Trump a wizard, and like you know, it's all been there. And so maybe maybe that's your guy. He's we're pulling it all along. I don't I don't know. Uh, I'm curious, and, and we can cut this before. Anyway, um, are you? Do you see? Uh, do you see this as something coming in, in into use, where we are now, or is this something you see coming into use uh, after after a, a collapse of sorts? Um, I, I would say it's always after because for some reason people fear okay. change, but it's like Chicago is already being or no, Chicago, Detroit is already in the process of being restructured, but it's taken forever because mm -hmm. honestly, I don't see any solutions other than what you would call an economic freedom zone. And then those things tend to be a geographical area. So if you don't have this basic area to start off with, you might not have any anywhere to start unless you do Congress, which is everybody all at once. And that's honestly, it's easier to do it that way because everybody hates politics anyway. But everybody, gotcha. almost everybody is in the better the devil you know stage. And I can tell you why this conversation does this. This is called a paradoxical solution. You're all the way down to the core matter of the problem is clearly the law. How do we, what is the problem with it? The problem is that one group of people holds 14 different kinds of law as if they're all the same kind. And they're not. You can't just lump a legislature together with whatever size Legos you have different size Legos, different ways to adjudicate it. And then when you get out of types, you get into different ways to do it. So there's three methods for each type and no one has to be funneled into one, but then they're all funneled into one. So you have the 14 different types and then you have three different methods for each one. And then everybody argues about them in a different palette. Of language. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, I, I appreciate you coming on. Um, taking the time out so I, i'm gonna have to about. go download that download that ebook you know i, I have to do it yeah, there's a read aloud no more time i did most of my reading i had a, a commute between um austin and uh port hood texas so i was driving back and forth it was an hour each way and i was doing audiobooks david friedman and bob murphy and Stefan Molyneux has his earlier stuff is not political. It's all philosophical. I haven't read any of the political shit, but all the philosophical stuff is pretty good. Good basics. It's like a mental gymnasium where you have to, honestly, you have to, in your own head, you have to narrow down all of the words to a singular meaning. That way you mm -hmm. don't confuse things in your own head. So I call this thing the thing and I call this thing the other thing. Um, specifically, the word position. In the military, we, we uh, interchange the word location and position pretty often. But a position in a market is a de facto long or short. It has, it has an orientation inherent to its position. So you have location, but then a position is a location plus an orientation inherent. And I know that's really pedantic. But if you are doing location and position in a contract with both land and a derivative product or some kind of stock that goes long or short, like I can't tell someone they can't have a complicated contract, but I do have to, you know, as long as you have the language to describe it, it's okay. But then the judge can redefine the language for you. And then the judge set a bad precedent <laughs> and down the rabbit hole you go. Well, that's why you set up your your smart contracts through the blockchain that it's, it's defined. However, the programming defines it, not how your language defines it. Well, well, and so you're locked into programming language. It, it, right. But the thing is what you're doing is it's not the language that is relevant. It's the time frame when you agree on the adjudication, you're agreeing to the adjudication in the beginning. 
in the smart contract, you're agreeing to the adjudication at the end with a judge, and then it's subject to reinterpretation between beginning and end instead of smart contract where it's not subject to reinterpretation. So everything is a function of time. Let's put it like that. So when you start learning to attack a problem as in, I have to rewind this and get ahead of the problem so that it's not a problem anymore. You learn the whole process between the scene of the crash and how could this have been avoided? <laughs> right on. Right on. Uh, yeah. Hopefully no one out there is thinking that, how could I have avoided this? How could I have avoided this? Um, I appreciate it. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. And it's always good to talk. podcast is a proud creation of the Mad Audio Lab. For more information, check out madaudiolab.com. Free Market's Green Earth is part of the Liberty Hippie Podcast Network. If you like what we do, be sure to check out Homesteads and Homeschools, Peace Freaks, Cannabis Heals Me, and This Week in Liberpods. We're living proof that libertarian doesn't mean washed up Republican.